0: detention and comprehension an apple a day keeps the doctor away dr seuss godwin's told me he's okay with many degrees of irreverence but that he will not allow blasphemy from me irreverence is an odd mixture much like surrealism where tones collide in strange ways but without being fundamental opposites blasphemy is when there's an active attempt to degrade the sacred spitting at holy things, interrupting an ordinance, anger, or loathing, these are things God doesn't wink at. There's also a line where irreverence crosses over into blasphemy called loud laughter, which I think is when you've stopped caring whether God is okay with what you do. Section. History. A relative came over to use our printer for a craft project involving lots of little owls for the kids to write on. Fortunately, the little one had found the candle-making wax sheets and had stuffed them inside the printer, causing the printer to roll them and crumble the wax all the way through the rollers and ink nozzle and stuff. This rendered the printer unusably jammed and I once again got to exercise my incredible handyman skills by shaking it really hard upside down and then scraping at it with a toothpick. Don't worry, we printed all the owls, and no owls were harmed in the production of this story, because the paper would jam way, way before it reached the ink itself. Something I appreciate about my wife is that her handwriting is legible. We got a nice little card from a woman this week. A card, right? Two sentences, but it was in cursive, and I spent a full ten minutes over breakfast trying to figure out what the heck it said. I have bad handwriting, but nobody struggles to read it. Cursive is just bad handwriting that everyone has to pretend is high class. There's no such thing as good cursive handwriting. The little one has a stuffed avocado plushie which I used to throw at his face when he was a baby. Today, he picked it up and toddled downstairs and could be heard to lisp, Let's go watch a show, avocado! He's also realized that he can sneak into bed with us, silently, and we won't wake up to put him back. We can't give him open water because the little sadist will immediately try to drown food in it, or technology, or himself. Open cups are literally the most high-risk items in our house right now. He cried at me this week because he wanted to put a ball on his head and it wouldn't stay there. As I say so often in genuine sympathy, oh, are the laws of physics being mean to you? He also had a bit of a cold today, so to help explain it to him, we watched a couple episodes of Ozzy and Drake's. Section. Incomplete. Some text. It is very common for writers to not quite finish a creative work. Section. Let in jargon. The leading experts want you to not know what they're talking about. This section isn't actually political, though there's plenty of interest that could be said about jargon's function and culture. My wife observed to me the other day that there's a set of stock frames people in her cleft mom's Facebook group use when speaking about their babies. It's not the day of my baby's operation, it's the day they get their forever smile. And it's not I stopped pumping, it's my pumping journey has come to an end. I took her noticing this as another indication I've married right someone like me. You see, this mode, this hyper-awareness of fractal tributaries that flow into people's language and culture, this was an overriding mode for me for almost all of my teenage years. On its own, without my control it seemed, there was an obsessive force in my mind constantly working to assimilate every brick and place them inside me in an intricate map of everything, but especially people's psychologies. And one of the forms it took was, yeah, an intense interest in culture-specific jargon. Maybe this has something to do with the Myers-Briggs. My dominant cognitive function is introverted intuition. Stacked against extroverted feeling as my secondary, it would make sense that I would be intensely interested in understanding social patterns. Not like that's a good thing. When you're so painfully aware of influences, it's really easy to be taken with ennui. You've seen it all before, so naturally you, like, want to become a hipster. Everyone wants to feel unique, but especially teenagers, and the easiest way to achieve uniqueness without feeling like you're just aping some obscure pattern you saw once but committed to bedrock memory for some reason is to just be counterculture and controversial. This doesn't describe all hipster anti-mainstream types, but I understand the drive. I have a friend who's playing the countercultural critic right out of the church. I see a lot of myself in him, though I'm not him, and he has plenty of unique circumstances, but it goes something like this. He sees people give talks in the church, and his pattern compulsion makes him notice all the different keyed words we use. Learn to act with faith is met with an immediate, but not everyone knows what you mean by faith. People will unpack that in hundreds of different ways, and now you're just glossing over that. And this happens constantly, leading to deep feelings of alienation with the culture, even though he knows what the speaker means just fine, and can assimilate it just fine on his own. A lot of maturity is learning to be comfortable with fuzziness and accept the risk of other people not having the same angle as you. In this way, the virtue of humility also includes speaking out. Section. Kyla Lagrange. Kyla Lagrange has, I believe, a PhD in philosophy, which she is using to write music, which is as good a use for that as anything else, I suppose. She has a nice voice, and I like the bubble chimes. You can see a lot of soft trance influences in her music. It's calm and soulful. The end.